0: Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Trimel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, as Congressman Charlie Crist calls for the firing of Florida's new Surgeon General for
1: changing the state's COVID protocols in schools. The leaders at the top of the state on this issue would be saying it's okay to send kids with COVID into classrooms is unconscionable. It's, it's
0: remarkably unbelievable. Once again, a speaker at Governor DeSantis's press conference spreads misinformation as he decries the loss of failed and dangerous experimental treatments for COVID-19. In the beginning, hydroxychloroquine worked. They grabbed it. More recently, ivermectin worked. They grabbed it. Now they're grabbing our Regeneron. South Florida Congresswoman Frederica Wilson rails against the Biden administration over the treatment of Haitian migrants.
2: I'm pissed. That's the word I have been using because it's it's a humanitarian crisis and we have to deal with it.
0: And a Trump endorsed candidate for Congress talks about her race to Washington. Today's Sunrise interview features Anna Paulina Luna, who is running for Florida's 13th Congressional District and proudly waving her recent endorsement by former President Donald Trump. We check in on some of the top stories trending around the Capitol. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics.
2: Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com.
0: And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, September 24th. Today is Hug-A-Vegetarian Day, National Horchata Day, and National Punctuation Day. On this day in 1957, racial desegregation took center stage when federal troops were dispatched to Little Rock, Arkansas to maintain order and enforce the right of black students to attend the local public high school. The primetime American television news show 60 Minutes debuted in 1968, and Babe Ruth played in his last baseball game for the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium in 1934. Alachua County Public School Superintendent Dr. Carly Simon says they will not be following the new rule announced by the new Florida Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Latipo, which leaves it up to parents to decide whether or not their child should quarantine after getting exposed to COVID 19. Officials with Orange and Hillsborough County say current policies remain in place as they review the new changes. Democratic Congressman Charlie Crist, who is running for governor, held a virtual press conference and is calling for for the removal of Dr. Latipo
1: over the new rules. Oh, I think what the governor and the surgeon general are doing is, is not about keeping children and teachers safe. I think it's exactly the opposite. Uh, it is reckless, as, as some of our guests have already uh, testified, if you will. The new regulation goes
0: against earlier guidance that kids exposed to COVID should stay home until the virus clears out of their system.
1: Leaders at the top of the state on this issue would be saying it's okay to send kids with COVID into classrooms is unconscionable. It's, it's remarkably unbelievable. And uh, I, I can't believe we're having to address it this way.
0: Quist is also calling on
1: other school districts to keep pushing back. Uh, fight back on this ridiculous uh, approach from the governor and the surgeon, new surgeon general. Um, I, I mean, thank God for those 13 school districts that have done what they have done. Um, it's vitally important for them to do what they're doing, which is which really is putting the safety of these their students and the safety of the teachers first and foremost.
0: Continuing on his tour to promote early treatments for those who contract the virus, Governor Ron DeSantis introduced a speaker to share his personal story recovering from COVID. However, Charles Craig, a handyman and contractor, wasn't too pleased about the loss of experimental treatments. In the beginning, hydroxychloroquine worked. They grabbed it. More recently, Ivermectin worked. They grabbed it, and now they're grabbing our Regeneron. I just want to thank the governor for doing everything in his power to stop it. Those monoclonal antibody treatments are still available but in limited supply as more is being distributed to other parts of the country, according to the Biden administration. But the governor says that's not a good enough reason to slow Florida's supply, so he's exploring other options.
1: Our announcement today uh, that, that we have secured a shipment of the citrovimab, the newest monoclonal antibody from GlaxoSmithKline, uh, that's showing uh, that we're gonna leave no, no stone unturned. And if there's somebody that needs a monoclonal antibody treatment, we're gonna work hard to get it to them. This is a different brand than the Regeneron, but quite frankly, it's had phenomenal success so far in every metric that's been studied.
0: Today's Sunrise interview is with Anna Paulina Luna, who is once again a candidate for Florida's 13th Congressional District. That seat is currently held by Congressman Charlie Crist, who is running for governor again. Luna has picked up her second endorsement from former President Donald Trump and is here to talk about her race to Washington.
3: What we're really seeing right now is this massive spending, I think being passed by people who don't necessarily understand what it's like to have your average jobs. And because of that, I believe that I bring a really common sense approach to not just legislation, but also perspective on policy. And so that's exactly why I'm running. I'm hoping to bring a different set of eyes. I'm hoping to bring change and I'm hoping to really make it so that this type of process is a process that we can all participate in. It's just not that left for the elites.
0: All right, and I see you've picked up a key endorsement from the former president. Tell us about that.
3: Yes, sir. Um, I was very fortunate enough to meet actually with President Trump for about 40 minutes last week. And, you know, throughout my entire campaign, not just last time, but this time, I've had fewer, a few interactions with him and he supports me. And I'm really grateful to have his support this go around. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, when you realize that, you know, you're standing in front of someone that was essentially able to broker peace with North Korea um, it was it was a big honor for me. So that's something that I'm very happy about.
0: While they are opponents, Trump called them rhinos, Republican in name only. Do you agree with that? And why can it be may the best man or woman win?
3: I think right now the problem that exists within the Republican Party and the problem that many voters feel is that our core values of, of what we are supposed to represent have been forgotten. And that is something that President Trump basically won his election off of in 2016, is that people want to ensure that when, you know, someone's going to Washington, D.C., that they are fighting for the common man, not for special interests, not for that greasing the wheel effect that we see so commonly out of Beltway, Washington, D.C., And I absolutely agree with his comments. I think that, you know, part of the reason why I was fortunate enough to receive the support of the voters of Florida 13 last time is because I pride myself on being funded by people power and people dollars and not special interests. And there's nothing that's changed about that. And I think right now with what we're seeing in the political climate, you know, regardless of what party you are, there's a huge problem with special interest money engaging in the political arena. And so I'm very fortunate to receive this endorsement. And I think ultimately it comes down to what the voters of Florida 13 decide. And nothing about my platform has changed. I'm very upfront and I'm very you know, honest about things. And so I just hope that they make the right decision a second time around and that I can serve this community in Congress.
0: When it comes to experience and the question of your experience, what do you bring to the table, and how would you deal with handling situations such as this pandemic?
3: So I can tell you that I have kind of a twofold experience, basically um, a twofold experience about myself. Right. So the first one would be I might be young, right? So I'm I just turned thirty two, but I feel like I've lived many lives in how I grew up, what I went through, and just having that life experience that sometimes you just can't read in books. And then when I decided to get into politics and essentially divert from going to medical school, I realized that I did it kind of from the ground up. So they always say that the best bosses or the best CEOs always worked different levels in that job and they understand what it's like, right? So like I started in the grassroots sector. I was traveling around the country, engaging and talking to college students across the country, not just in one area. Then I went from there to being a national director uh, for Turning Point USA. And then I followed on by being a producer actually for PragerU and really targeting with messaging. I went from there to becoming an author. I now have a podcast host with speaker Newt Gingrich on the uh, Gingrich 360 network. And I can tell you that what's important is messaging. What's important is ensuring that people are using the right terminology, the right words. And because I've gone through all of that, because I've really been able to, I think, understand how to communicate, not just with the older generation, but for the younger generation as well, I think that that makes a huge difference because we are seeing in politics that there's this age gap right so like people like you and I we communicate largely we use podcasts we use social media. The older generation might not necessarily do that, so there is a gap in information from the younger generation to the older generation. Um, As far as handling the pandemic and basically answering your question, I can tell you that for myself. I've always been a firm believer in ultimately letting the states decide how to best handle the situation. And I think that in general, there is no one size fits all approach for a place like New York versus a place like, you know, Idaho that might have these smaller, more rural communities. So that is how I would continue to address it and approach it.
0: In deciding whether or not to do things like masking, to keep people safe or vaccination mandates in public schools and in areas where a lot of people congregate, what do you do in making those decisions?
3: Well, you have to first look at the data. I can tell you that for someone like myself, I was in the military, I was in the instance where I was not able to choose whether or not I was vaccinated. So I've ultimately been probably vaccinated against everything under the sun. but. The difference is, is that you have to respect people's decisions for what they put into their body. And so I think that that's a very personal decision that's best let left up to people to decide. As far as the masks go, there was a huge issue with that because as you know, Dr. Fauci was back and forth on those comments throughout The initial response of COVID 19. There was a lot of information that we even heard from at the time, candidate Biden and candidate Kamala Harris about whether or not they would be mandating vaccines. And then also to the follow up saying, you know, Kamala Harris didn't want to take a vaccine. So I think that the American people ultimately should be left to decide that. But I think that right now, with what we're seeing in regards to how our economies are opening back up and how people are able to receive the treatment that they need, I just hope that people you know, make those decisions and that it's best for their family. And I've always been a firm believer in you can help yourself better than government. can.
0: Do you see a point on and lastly, on this point where there might be a need for someone like government or an entity like government to for the greater good of all to minimize the impact of something like a pandemic from spreading by encouraging masking or encouraging vaccinations?
3: I think that there's a huge difference between encouraging and mandating, right? Because you have to remember that there's also this aspect of when you're talking about vaccines and when you're talking about that whole approach that there is a large section of the American people that have their right to religious freedoms as well, right? And so I think that the government can encourage, but I don't think that they can force. And that's one of the greatest things about being in the United States is that throughout time, we've had the ability to adjust appropriately. And ultimately, I am a firm believer in science. I'm a firm believer in looking at that data. And I can tell you that I was the first person early on to look at this and say, okay, I'm going to be wearing a mask. However, I realized after more and more facts came out, that my approach after having COVID nineteen and then ultimately ending, you know, ending up having campaigning as well through it, that I'm going to decide what's best for myself, not the federal government. And so I think that you know, ultimately we have to again rely on people to basically maintain their own health, not force it through government.
0: Well, Anna, Paulina, Luna, thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me. I really appreciate your time.
3: Thank you. God bless and have a good day.
0: Here's your calendar of events. The Medicaid Pharmaceutical and Therapeutics Committee, which makes recommendations about a preferred drug list in the Medicaid program, will hold an online meeting starting at 8.30 this morning. A federal appeals court will hear arguments in a challenge by Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody to immigration enforcement moves by the Biden administration. That's at 9 in Miami. An administrative law judge is scheduled to start a hearing in challenges to a Florida Department of Health rule aimed at preventing schools from requiring students to wear masks during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's a virtual hearing at 9.30. The Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind Board of Trustees will meet after holding committee meetings at 10.30. And the Florida State University Board of Trustees will meet at 10.45. On Thursday, Democratic Congresswoman Frederica Wilson appeared on CNN calling on the Biden administration to immediately end the deportation of Haitian migrants.
2: While well, I'm pissed about the deportations back to a country that cannot accept them, that has does not have the capacity to absorb them.
0: Democrats and human rights groups have been criticizing the Biden administration for standing by its decision to send back thousands of Haitian migrants, as well as its use of the Trump-era Title 42 policy, which allows border officials to deport migrants without providing them the opportunity to declare asylum. Daniel Foote, the U.S. special envoy to Haiti, resigned in protest over what he calls the inhumane treatment.
2: We begged him not to leave to try to work through all of the difficulties, but we could not convince him. There are some issues and uh, there are so many things that I feel so disappointed in the administration about. In fact, I'm pissed. That's the word I have been using.
0: And finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tremel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again next week for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.